Firstly, massive congratulations, Dylan. Uh, my son woke up on the morning and the first thing I showed him was your fights, your walkout, and to see his face light up. I mean, he's a he's a little Nahang Singh. He was his Bana and his, his Chekka when yeah. he goes out anywhere. And to see, you know, a Kesri flag on TV, um, and to see you win, to say, uh, you know, in your post-fight interview about Vaigru, it just, you can see his eyes light up and it meant so much to him. So, you know, what you did not only was a, a great achievement for yourself personally, but for the community, it's it's really been a beacon of light and it, and a beacon of hope in terms of what's possible. And, yeah. and for my son, it's for the next generations, it's had a, a significant impact on them more than I think anything else has in the sporting um arena to be honest yeah so thank you so much and congratulations thank you yeah thank you really appreciate that it's uh for for me it's really like it's really lovely to hear really great to hear because i I never thought you know i would get this firstly get this opportunity secondly you know to have that reach i i I never thought i would get there you know to inspire the next generation is just like yeah it means so much obviously that's what we all we all want to do and what we all want to I didn't get into sport, you know, just just to do it and just for the sake of it. You know, if I can inspire the next generation, that that is so great for me. It means so much to me as well. And you know, the fact that I get to do it and do what I love at, at the same time, it just all means it all means so so much. Yeah, and we we had done a previous interview about your training transition into boxing. And yeah. even people who listen to the podcast, they were messaging me and they're like, "That guy from your podcast on the boxer series." <laughs> Oh, yeah, could it, yeah. Could it have happened to a nicer guy? Um, so, yeah, just yeah, really... I think when we do, I think we've done that first one was, was probably start of the year, wasn't it? Beginning yeah, of the year. Sometime. Yeah, so it's been a, been a few months, obviously. Back then, I, I didn't know where where my journey this year was going to take me, where my boxing was going to take me. And obviously, I had this opportunity. As soon as they, they you know, I, I found out Sky Sports were coming to Coventry, I jumped all over and said to my manager, we've got to get on this show, we've got to get on it. Luckily, there was a slot in the tournament. We actually just wanted to go in for a four rounder, just as a slot filler. You know, you know, just in between one of the fights, if they if they wanted to, fit, you know, put a fight in, in between the tournament. That was what our intention initially was. It, uh, my manager came back and said, "Yeah, guys, you're in the tournament, so get ready." Wow. <laughs> look, look, luckily, luckily, my coach had done the research, found out a few of the guys, and um, yeah, we're confident from 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 the get go, really, but. We it, it wasn't our intention to go into the tournament, but as soon as we got entered, it was our intention then to just win it and, and focus on getting the win. We was all, obviously always confident what we were going to achieve in boxing and you know the, the level that I, I could get to. But this just really just brought out brought that out. You know the whole stepping stone of building the career and working my way up to the big TV shows has just gone out the window now. And we hit not hit the big time, but we hit hit the major shows now. Absolutely, it's it's God's grace. Honestly, it's an incredible, incredible thing. But that leads me on to my next question, which you've partially already answered. Uh, how did this come about? You've talked about in terms of getting entered into the the, the competition. Yeah. Um, it reminds me of uh, Dubrovsky from Basics uh, a bit because when he was ill in hospital, we were having this conversation once, and he he used to call himself the accidental Pracharak. He, he you know he was like he I kind of just landed in this situation, and yeah. obviously he was prepared and he had. He had done all the background, but um, it's, you know, you were ready and, you know, God brought this opportunity into, into play. Yeah, and that's, you, you ran with it. And you, 
that that I, I believe, believe in that fully. Obviously, for me, it was always you know, it, it was always a dream. You know, I got into boxing to um to you know, I'm, I'm never chasing the money. You know, I, I think we may have spoken about it before um, in the last podcast. I'm not chasing money. I'm not. You know, we don't come on this. Some people have different goals, different aspects. My, my goal in boxing was to get onto the big nights and have those big TV, just to get onto Sky and just say that, oh, I was on Sky, did you see me and stuff? And that that was always a goal and I managed to achieve that. And then I never fought in my hometown and I, I, t- I achieved that as well. And, and, you know, getting a win was just was just a, a massive, a massive um, dream and, and, and box ticked and, you know, sort of just put me on that next opportunity. But, you know, in the whole build-up of the fight and all the way through, I wasn't fake. I wasn't, you know, some people sort of act a certain way and you know how they are on camera and how they are in real life. You know, there's two different people. I, I you know, I was just only being me and I've I I only ever been me as well. You know, I've not, I've not hid or, or, or hide, you know, shown a different persona to people. How you see me on camera is how you see me in real life. I'm just, I just smile all the way through and that's all that I did through the whole build-up and even on, on the on the media day, the weigh-in, the press conference, I said I said all the way through I was going to win, but I said I'm going to enjoy it and I'm going to do it with a smile on my face and I and genuinely I did, you know, the whole way through I just done it with a smile because it was just, I, I knew what the platform was, I knew where, you know, I was happy to be there. I, yeah. I, I've never done what you've done even on like uh, a small scale, but Talk me through what the preparation was like going from, were you just training all throughout or once the competition tournament date came through, did you think, okay, now I need to start preparing? It sounded like your coaches were already doing homework on the opponents. And and so how did, is that, yeah. talk me through that. Yeah, so I mean, you know, I, I, I boxed in, 17th or 18th of December I think it was last year so I essentially had two weeks off two week holiday from the gym for Christmas so that fell really well so when January came we actually started back full into full training get my fitness back up and start we started working on some techniques and stuff so we were working towards a fight date in April April the 29th um, so we'd already started preparations for that date this obviously came up two weeks earlier so we jumped on that so preparations were everything sort of went from, you know, where we were doing long duration pad work and continuous pad work and, you know, gearing myself towards one fight in the night. We had to literally just rip up the script. I found out on on the Thursday and on that Friday after, that the following day, sorry, on the Friday, we literally changed our training regime. I came into gym and I sat down with my coaches, right, we're going to win this tournament. We've got six weeks from that Saturday. Wow. Um, so on the Friday, we said, what do, what do I need to do now? We put together a training schedule. We changed up how I, my running, my the way I do my sprints, the way I do my pad sessions, the way sparring is. We changed everything through and through. One big thing people didn't realise, I, I was I used to do strength and conditioning with, with my team, one-to-one workouts, um, Mandip and Indy, every Saturday. We actually changed that. We actually had to take out the weights. And I got rid of weights for this training camp and just did everything with bodyweight exercises. So, you know, everything down to a T, we had to adapt and change. Um, pad work was all geared towards three fights. So whether the other opponents and my other competitors did that, I, that's up to them. They can do what they want to do. But we we were preparing for three fights in the one night because, that you know, 
obviously I've got to win every fight on the one night, but we need to be ready for it. So the whole way we trained was warm up. Our warm up was exactly the same. How I warmed up on the night to how I warm up in training. We did the same fight warm up. We then did three rounds of hard pads. And then it was uh, with the minute break in between. And then I used to use the stool and sat down on the stool as well. Wow. So everything, literally everything was timed out down to a T. We then had uh, a 25 minute break. And then um, again, it was 15 minutes. So it was 10 minute warm up and five minutes for what you would call ring entrances, announcements, that sort of thing. So five minutes of where you don't do anything. And then it was a first bell. So that was probably 35, 40 minutes. I then do another three fights, three rounds, essentially another fight and have another break, same sort of time and then have the final fight and then make sure I cool down properly. So we, everything we've done was geared around the whole scene of the fight. When we did wow. sparring sessions, Byron was done the same way. You know, I was putting clothes on in between sparring, in the breaks in between the fights, in the pads or the spars. I was putting clothes on, I put a hoodie on, take my gloves off, take my head guard off, cool down, have a carb gel, have something to eat if I wanted something to eat. You know, everything we'd done was geared around this whole tournament because on the night, I was so relaxed. You'd see me in the changing room. I haven't put no clips out, but I'm going to start putting clips out of behind you know, behind the scenes in the changing room. I was calm all the way through because we've done this a hundred times already. We wow. did this for a six-week training camp. So everything we'd done was geared towards sprints, was all fast-paced sprints, up and down. Everything was in threes and then a break. The difference was, and I remember it so clearly, that first Friday we did two fights, um, well, essentially two fights. I remember the first fight was fine on the pads and then the second fight after the break, oh my God, my, I could feel that lactic acid burning and, and building up and, you know, that warming up and cooling down and going again. I felt that I felt that instantly and I thought, bloody hell, this is going to be hard work. But your body does get used to it. It isn't good for your body, by the way. You know, you know yourself, the whole warming up and cooling down, warming up, it actually, in it, that's where injuries come and that's where injuries cause it. But I needed to get myself used to it and that's how we had to do it. So towards the end of the camp, yeah, I did start getting some injuries. My elbows were sore. My hands were starting to get sore. Um, but it was, yeah, it is. It is what it is, and it's it's a one for me. It was a once once in a lifetime opportunity as well. I don't know if I'm going to do this again. It's obviously it helped me in my career because it gave it yeah. brought me to attention of Sky and winning. It's got me onto the platform that I that I wanted to get to. Had I, had it not been for the tournament, I maybe not. You know, Sky may not have even looked at me. Boxer may not have even looked at me. I might have had to have fight a big time. You know, going as a massive underdog in a big title fight and take a big risk in order for them to see me. I haven't acted. I've took a big risk in the tournament, but I had to do it in a different sort of way. So, yeah, thankful of, of, of the whole opportunity through and through. But we prepared for it all the way through. So I was so relaxed, so calm. You know, in the warm up, in, in between the fights, I remember saying to my coach, Walla, Walla's his name. So, Walla, how long have we got left? He goes, Right, you've got 15 minutes from now. Because Sky would come in and say, Guys, you've got 10 minutes, 15 minutes, you've got seven minutes left. So, like, right, okay. We practice everything all the way through, so yeah. I was I didn't need to I didn't need to worry at all. I knew I was what I was going in for. Was Walla the mastermind behind all of that? Walla was the key one behind it. So I've got three coaches. I've got Walla, Richard Walla, Simon Akufo, and Uncle Baggy Singh. Call him Uncle because he's he's the one that's um, been there. Really, he was my first ever coach. So Uncle was there. So 
Waller was the one that turned out. So we found out from from a manager how long roughly. When we found out on Thursday when we had the draw, I, we then realised I was a first quarter final, and then I was going to be the first semi final. So without stoppages, it was probably going to be over an hour, about an hour and a half. So we sort of planned that into our routine already. Um, we knew how long my warm up was going to take. So the warm up was about ten to fifteen minutes if I skipped or if I didn't skip, um, and I already knew what what I needed to do in that first break, it was a long break. So my whole point was have a break, have a rest, recover, ice down my shoulder, get my massage, uh, John, my masseuse, he was, he was there on hand, my sports therapy. So he was touching and feeling and getting rid of any aches and pains that I had. Um, and then it was all about keeping myself active. So we'd planned all of it already, but yeah. Waller's, Waller's the one that uh, he, he had it up here and what we needed. Amazing. And you mentioned the first time you did it, and I can imagine like the first time you're doing a different format, it, it burned and it was it was very difficult. Yeah. Um, by the time you got to the end of the six weeks, towards the end of the training camp, and and the actual fight, did you find there was a crossover? Because it's an interest from a physiological perspective, it's really interesting because lots of schools of thought around where the training needs to replicate the actual competition, if you know what I mean. Yeah. So, did you find that to be helpful? Yeah, yeah, 100%. So, you know, even going to... The difference was is that we couldn't prepare for the opponents that I had. We could... All we needed to do was prepare for the entire a range of different styles of fighters. And luckily, we did that. Uh, we, we knew what I was capable of and, and what my experiences in kickboxing, which did help me. They didn't, they didn't understand what my experiences were in kickboxers had and, and how that developed me as a fighter as well that showed on, on that Saturday, but we actually prepared for loads of different styles and we actually had three fighters. We had one guy that came to, um, that actually came to, to take my head off, um, which is the first guy. We had the second guy who was a lot more of a better boxer and we had the third guy who was just a brawler. So I managed to beat three different <laughs> and beat them and beat them roughly-ish at their same sort of game. So I think I proved a lot as well. Um, but yeah, it was, you know, replicate. We, we try and do as much as we can in the gym to prepare ourselves mentally for the fight. So when it comes to fight, you deal with situations and you've already been through it. It was crazy because we actually planned our, our, our ring out walk. You know, my coach would, while we would turn around and say, well, okay, get out of the ring. This is your ring walk now. Walk in the ring. What are you going to do? You're going to bow to the corners. You're going to put your hands up, do all that. Come out, touch gloves. Touch, I touch the pads before we even start pads. The bow goes, round one. Touch, touch your gloves. Final round, you go out and you touch gloves again. Touch your gloves again. When I say everything, we planned and prepared for everything because if we're professionals, that's the professional thing to do, right? Absolutely. And, yeah. and with your with your training, with your guys that you've got, you mentioned like in several interviews. I've I've gone through YouTube and watched um, your interviews that you've been with the same guy since you were ten years old. So yeah. how did they get this much insight into boxing? Because you you know your history is a kickboxer. Yeah. So they so they actually um, they've actually taken guys professional already. So there's another boxer called Brad Foster. There's a guy called Kane Baker. They turned them guys pro. Okay. And move them in. So Kane came from the white collar background and moved them into professional boxing. Brad was a former kickboxer, amateur, and then when he turned 18, went into professional boxing. So they've already been through that yeah. already. That makes sense. And the difference with 
my my, my coaches that they are very experienced. You know, they've been around the circuit. They know they, they know they know fighting. You know, they know they know fighting because they they're fighters themselves. So, so they know what my my mindset is. My mindset's the same as theirs. We're going to win, no matter how. We're gonna get the win. We're going to get the win. That's it. So we, the, I've got that same mindset. The diff, also, the difference is I've seen what they've gone gone through in training. Yeah, in kickboxing world, that's who I followed. I remember being in the gym and finishing class, and these guys would be sit, sat there at the end of the on the other side on the wall doing press ups and sit ups and stuff. Whatever they did on the bag, I copied as well. So they taught me everything. So you know. Even from 10 years old, well, sorry, 13 years old, we used to go out and run in Birmingham City Centre with them. And I remember some of the mad runs, they used to take us round and get lost or whatever and stuff like that. So they've really been there from, from, from day dot. Amazing. So we've gone through kind of some of the pre-fight stuff. Um, I really liked the video you put out about you going to the good zone, like your pre, yeah. pre-routine, because um, I think it takes a lot to kind of put, for you to put yourself out there like that. Like you could have just been mainstream and said you know just focused on the kind of mainstream stuff but it's really nice how you yeah. showed your authentic, authentic self throughout um so i think that was very well, much yeah that so so stuff so like you know obviously i i could i could have just put the generic picture up or you know just just said it's fight day thank you for the support and, and just put a picture of me posing like this but for me i, I wanted to showcase what i do before a fight and Going to the Godola is is a routine. It is a it is. I go every single week anyway. You know, I go to the same Godola every single week, whether that be a Saturday or a Sunday. I find the time to go, and, and I want people to know that. I want people to understand because the hard work I do in the gym does reflect on the night. But I do need help from God as well. You know that that I'm I'm very much you know I obviously I do believe in God as well. You know some people do, some people don't, and it's on their own opinion. But for me. God has a big impact on my life and you know it I, I i am where i am because of hard work because of because of god as well amazing so what was the rest of the pre-fight stuff because i know with ufc because i follow that a bit, uh quite closely that sometimes the weight cut is the the hardest part as opposed to the actual fight for some of these guys because they're dropping so much weight um you know like 20 kgs in some cases um, and what was what was that like for you that that process? Yeah, I mean the weight the weight cut side. It's the first time that I weighed in at nine stone. I think ten and a half. So um, my plan is always going to be down to fight a lightweight now. So I'll probably end up fighting at nine stone nine. Well, lightweight weight is nine stone nine. They actually, because it was no title on the line, they gave us a two pound leeway. So I came in just under half half a pound under, which which is fine. Um, Weight cut is an issue. Weight cut's never a problem. I do like to carry a bit of muscle. So coming into this camp, I was quite muscly and fell in love with my weights and, and stuff. So I, I got a bit of a telling off uh, from my coach um, about that. But that's why I had to strip out and, and, and just go to body weight exercise. And I did learn stuff as well. And it still was beneficial um, d- doing that as well. Uh, weight cut's never an issue. The hardest, I wouldn't say there was a hard thing really, um, j- it's probably the waiting around that you have to do on Saturday before the fight. It's probably the hardest thing trying to just know that, you know, you're fighting soon, but you don't want to be too tireless, but you don't want to be overslept even too, you know, have to have too much rest. You want to find that good balance in between. And then when you get there to the venue, it's just all about, by the time you get your hands wrapped and you start warming up, you're thinking, 
crap, it's, uh, it's actually time to go now. <laughs> and it goes really quick. That's amazing. So you, with your prep, like physically, you look incredible, by the way. Um, just, yeah, just you look like a professional uh, like yeah. men's health uh, model. Um, <laughs> but with with that with the weights versus body weight what's your what's your thoughts on that do you feel like with because weights is pretty much ubiquitous right all all combat athletes will do weights as part of their strength and conditioning and injury prevention and all that kind of stuff but do you feel like it will make you too big to meet weight and it's better to just stick with body weight or does it impact on your boxing ability I mean, for the, I think the, the main reason why, so in, in previously, I've, I've always done weight. When I say do weight, I, I'm not lifting heavy weights. Um, my, my strength and conditioning coaches, uh, Mandy and India, are really good. So they understood that I didn't want to become big. All I wanted is is endurance. Um, so we would do, we were lifting smaller weights, but for higher reps. So we was all about the rep count and, and that repetition, um, just to build up that stamina and endurance in my muscles. Um so they were really good at putting a really good plan together. And it's worked really well. I've been with them for three years now, four years now. And I shouldn't know. Uh, four years now. And, and they've done really, really well and really shaped up and really helped my body as well. Um, so next is, so for the purpose of this camp, because it was so up and down and I I think having a lot of muscle and muscly be muscle bound, was only going to attract more lactic acid. You're going to get tired out quicker. The fact that we're having to start and stop so often, having muscle, you know, that lactic acid builds up and stays with you as well over that time. So I wanted to sort of shrink down a little bit, but still keep the power and the size um, to to a a certain degree. Um, So it wasn't wasn't necessarily about cutting out weight and, and, and that was it. It was done for a reason. I'm now, now looking at, introducing the weight slightly again and you know not necessarily putting on side but building up that little bit of an endurance so that I can go the longer distances which will be fine you know having that little bit more muscle is fine going you know 10 or 8 rounds for example it was just for the fact of this tournament we had to just strip it down slightly yeah and six weeks doesn't seem like that that long as well to to kind of dial in to I mean you did a great job with it and obviously it worked but yeah um you know, ideally, you would have had a little bit longer, right, to tweak things. And... Yeah, I, I mean, the, the different. I think because I'd already started camp in January, um, I was all, I'd already got my weight down to a level that I was happy with. Um, for me, it was I got my weight down, but I also started building a lot of muscle. So the first few weeks was while we was getting fit and getting strong and getting used to the format. It was all about um, sort of reducing my muscle size slightly. Um, getting rid of some of the muscle because obviously as everyone knows what's the hardest thing to lose it's not fat it's muscle um, so when it comes down to the weight I needed you know to be lean but not to have loads of muscle as well so um, obviously my, my fat content was was I don't know what the percentage was but it was was quite low as well um, so, so that was really the focus of, of cutting cutting down the weight and moving to body weight for the purpose of this camp Nice. But the six weeks was enough time. Yeah, it was it was an ample time, you know. It, it, it was enough time for me to... The, if, if I hadn't started training in January and I found out, argument's sake, it was the second week of Feb and I had six weeks to go, to get from where I was, where I knew I was at the start of January and it took me, say, six weeks fit and I already had four weeks of pre-training, 
had I not had that four weeks, I, I probably would have struggled a lot more. Yeah. So talk me through the fights now. Let's go. Let's go uh, yeah. chronologically. So if we start with the first fight. Yeah. So obviously with Ot- Otis, it was um, we had a bit of I call it a bit of beef. We had a few, we had a few words. I, I think that just comes out naturally because he was a first competitor. There was a bit of he was one and zero. I was two and zero. We both had a lot to prove and a lot of you know. We were both the underdogs, essentially, in the tournament. He was probably the favourite to win. I wasn't the favourite to win the, that particular fight. Um, so I knew that, I, I, for me, I sort of played a little bit of a game. I wanted to get under his skin because I wanted him to come out to try and scrap with me. I didn't have to go looking for him. And, and that's what he did. He came out and caught me with that right hand straight away. And to be honest, it did buzz me for a very, just a split second. I was a little bit cold, but caught me anyway. And I then... I, I then Regained my composure straight away, got my hands up and took a couple of steps back and landed that beautiful right hand that dropped him. Um, and then every shot I landed after that, it was having an impact. I could see him rocking. I could see him going. It was only a matter of time before I actually did stop him. And, you know, for, for what it was worth, I, I think I caught him with that right hand and he stumbled back and I was ready. I did jump forward to, to land a few. I landed a couple yeah, of I shots. Yeah, the ref jumped in. The, the ropes, the ropes reps jumped in and stopped it and... There were a few arguments say it was a bit early, but to be honest, it was only going. I was I was just going to start punching. I wasn't going to yeah. start punching. I mean, his I eyes his eyes so. didn't his eyes looked fixed on something else when you caught him with the right. So you put yeah. that's where you potentially cause some serious damage to somebody, right? When you when yeah. you're hitting them when they're not um, copious in terms of the that's um, it. And, and then obviously having that quick that quick win, it was you know you could see if if you watch it closely, you could see I. Ran round and we had a bit, little bit of a celebration. Ran back to the corner, gloves came on, t-shirt went on, and my coach looked at me, looked at any bruises, cuts, no, fine. And he said, "Right, get your breath back now. I want you to recover." That was straight away. The the fight was done. It was all about recovery because I I was already thinking about semi final number my, my semi final fight. I didn't know who I was fighting because they were fighting after me, but it was already already all about um, preparation for the next fight. So. It was good that I got it done early, but was already thinking about the next fight, which was crazy. How did you feel about getting the stoppage? I was happy. That was my first stoppage as a professional boxer. I already knew that I had carried power, and I think that really did show. Um, and, you know, I can remember hitting him thinking every time I could hit him. And I was just happy to get the win, to be honest, but I knew the job wasn't done. That was the thing, like, the job wasn't done. I'd already got the next fight. I was just in the, it was just a win to get to the next stage. It was... It was Good feeling, but it's crazy because in my mind I'm thinking I'm happy, but I oh, ain't gone. I've got, I've got to get myself back in the zone, so I was already half in and out. And um, with the with the pressure, like you obviously had a community, like really just hoping that you won. You had so many fans there, such a big presence. Yeah. Um, did did that pressure relieve at all after the first win, or was it just okay? Now we're just gonna keep going. To, to be honest, I, I never felt any pressure. Um, I'm, I'm going in the ring to, for, for me, I, I say for me, but I'm also doing it for, you know, you know the people that have come out to support me and, and the community that, 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 that I'm a part of as well. But essentially, I'm in the ring and it's only me. So that was all I was focused. I couldn't hear the crowd. I couldn't hear. All I could hear was my coaches shouting at me. And um, that was it. I couldn't hear the crowd roaring. Couldn't hear nothing. I was so focused on zone doing it. I know, I know. I had, a, you know, that first ring walk. I had a smile on my face and put my hand up to 
couldn't hear nothing. I was just doing that just because that, that's my routine and my ritual that I do before as I'm walking into ring. Got into ring and that was it. It was just focus, just zoned in. Amazing. And I think I think pressure is is not again looking at UFC as an example. There's a there's a heavyweight called the Black Beast and he was fighting in his hometown of Houston, Houston. And it was it was he had come out of jail sometime previously and it it marked the anniversary of his release from jail. So it was a championship fight and he just crumbled and he put it all down to the pressure. And I don't think it's yeah. healthy to put pressure on on athletes that um I don't think that helps them. And, yeah, and- I think no, it, it, it's not health, you know, and I think people deal with pressure in different ways. So there was a lot of pressure on me because Sky were building me up as the hometown boy. I was starting to, you know, I wanted to represent the Punjabi community and the Sikh community. So I wanted that to, to really show as well. So in, in all of that, you can say there's a lot of pressure, but I've been through that before. I've been through this before in, in other kickboxing fights where I, I, I was billed as... as is you know another world champion fighting another world champion. So I've been through all that before. I know how to deal and handle with pressure. The whole build up to it, walking out, big TV cameras, having the door players walking out. I'm used to all that already. That's I think that's again it's a difference that you know take take out the fighting. That's you know this is part of the, the game that we've got to get used to, and I'm, and I'm already used to it. Amazing. So I already knew how to handle that pressure. So let's go straight into the final now because he was he was the favorite to win, right? He had had ten was fights two to already. One favorite. Yeah. So having watched back, obviously you don't know what they're saying commentary wise before you know, and, and on the night you just find it afterwards and you watch. So when I watched it back, I think it was like a few days later. Um, obviously, all the commentators didn't have me the favorite. Um, they were obviously commenting on my on my stance and the way I move and stuff. It just wasn't wasn't a boxing style um but by the last fight they were saying yeah we've got team yeah which was really good to hear because i'd won them over yeah i i think that's really rare for someone to go in and the commentators to be pretty much against the person and then all of them said they they thought you you won the fight before before the decision yeah. been announced so you, you know you really did win them over and and it's funny that because you know, one of them, I think the lady made the kickboxing comment, but I thought yeah. you were the better boxer out of, out of yeah. the two in terms of like actual boxing, like you, you know, your movement, your yeah. your technique. It just seemed like he was, you know, trying to go for the knockout and just um, the whole time. That, but you... that, that was that was all that's all he was going for. So, you know, I was already obviously because I was seven final and one, I was already in the change room. Our coaches went out to watch his fight and they came back and said after the first round, um, they said, He's lost the first round. And then, obviously, he went and won the second round and got the stoppage anyway. His, he had one game plan um, yes, style is throughout good. the whole tournament. He had one dimension throughout the whole tournament, and that was to come forward and try and make it a brawl. I showed that I can punch. I showed that I can deal with a boxer um, in the second fight. And then, obviously, so I already showed I had the minerals. I had different dimensions and levels to my game already. Um, he just had one type. So we knew what he was going to do. He was just going to plough forward, try and punch the crap out of me and try and stop me. They didn't realise I can move. I'm a good mover. I've always been a good mover and I can punch and um, I've got a good chin and I've got a heart for it as well. They didn't realise that. And that showed on the first, you know, even though I was on the back foot, he didn't, 
he landed a few, yeah, but he didn't actually land loads. I was landing a lot more yeah. cleaner shots. Yeah, and inevitably he will land some, right? Like if you're gonna if yeah. you're gonna be offensive, you're gonna. Well, look, at the end of it, if I'm sitting on the rope, <laughs> yeah. with my hands up, he is gonna land something. Yeah, yeah, but but it was it was beautiful for me to watch because it was like our guy is the technical, like technically superior. It was just yeah, boxing as a sport. It just really showcased. Um, the difference between a boxer and you know somebody you might meet who's got a good punch, right? Yeah. Um, it was beautiful to watch the movement, the footwork, um, the the head movement, the counter attacking. It was all just it was textbook and yeah. uh, great. Again. All, all 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 I remember, Harvey, was was yeah. Every time he landed a punch, every time he I sat on the ropes was just fire back, just throw, just continue to throw because I knew his head was going to be there. As soon as he landed one punch, all I was trying to think was counter and just if he landed one, I would wanted to land two or three just yeah, to try and get the points back. And, and that was my mindset the whole way through. I was absolutely knackered going into into the first at the end of the first round, because it was a high paced round as well. Um, you know, I put a lot into it. He put a lot into it. I just thought I just couldn't stop. My coach actually came back, it was quite funny because I think after the second round, the first round he gave me some instructions and said box, 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 move, 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 move. And then at the second round, when I didn't, I did do that and I didn't do that, he, he came back and I remember sitting down in the corner and he said, you're not listening to me. Take a break, have a sip, just go out there and win the fight. And that's that. That's all I need to know because I just thought, okay, fine. I'll just do what I need to do now to secure the win. It's amazing. And and now moving post-fight, you've been really active. Um, there's, yeah. there's a social media page about you which I've been following. Um, there's you know you're doing stuff. There's Nagakitan, I think. There's also yeah, um, in GMP. I think you did a talk there. So you've been so active and like what what's kind of how do you find time to fit this all in? Because you were so busy before, even without all of these people asking for your time. So how how do you manage? Yeah. So I'm lucky that I've got um you know my 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 best mate essentially my, my brother my younger brother. Um, he, he's managing some of the time and one of my coaches Simon Akufo he's managing time as well so between them they're, they're sort of fitting it in, into my diary and sort of putting it in obviously without putting too much strain onto me as well you know at the minute I, I can afford to, to sort of take the time out. I'm not training at the moment I've got two weeks off from the gym so I can afford to do the do the sort of appearances and, and go places and meet people and stuff so as soon as I get back into training camp then it might be a bit different and those things you know I won't have the time as much Training comes first at the end of the day. Well, work and training comes first for me. Um, everything else is sort of second to that. Yeah. So that that's where that's where you know it will sort of probably yeah people have already realised I ain't got enough time. But it's not for me being arrogant. I'm getting punched in the face, so I need to make sure I'm hundred yeah. percent ready to not get punched in the face. Yeah. So that, that, I think that's but people do understand that as well. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's for me, art, you know, isn't it? You got to put the time in. Yeah, that's it. Hundred percent, and for me, it's all about um, you know, I, I wanted to 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 you know, I got asked to go down to GMP in Coventry and and, and see see the the sicky camp down there. I was happy to do that. Certain stuff, I'm more you know, podcast with yourself. I've chosen yourself, you know, sit down with yourself because I value our time better than other things as well. So I'm putting the time where where I want with people that I want to put time with as well. Okay, so what's next? I'm not going to take up too much of your time. Uh, one more minute. Uh, what's next for you? Where can people follow you? Um, how can they support your journey? Yeah, yeah. So we're on all all major apps, uh, out, uh, social media outlets: Instagram, Dylan Um, Twitter, 
Chima Boxing. Um, get me on Facebook, Dylan Chima. Hit, hit me add. I'll, I'll add and reply to every message that comes through. Just support the journey because I think we're, we're in for a good ride now. Sky, Sky and Boxer are backing me big time now, which is really good. And all I'm going to do is promote our culture and, and showcase who we are on a different platform for people to see. So join the journey because I think it's going to be a fun ride now. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for your time. It's really much appreciated. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. Cheers.